0: Welcome again to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the Horror Movie Podcast. We talk about films off of the Rotten Tomatoes two hundred it started off so good. I,
1: you were you were still then doing really good. My brain
0: froze. <laughs> I don't know if you would have been able to hear it, but you could see it when my eyes just went cross eyed I saw it. Uh we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes is it because 200... I'm
1: standing here with these flashing strobe lights yes. is that what's what's yes. disturbing you
0: yes, and there's a pain in my foot that's very distracting <laughs> uh we We talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes two hundred best horror movies of all time list. My name is Clay, and with me is always is amanda how are you doing amanda
1: oh i'm great i'm I'm just about as great as a man in a tent in the woods with a very sharp axe. <laughs>
0: Uh, who could be better than that, really? Um,
1: <laughs> what else could we all ask for? No,
0: not much. Uh, we usually, as I said, we usually cover movies off the uh, Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list, but on every fifth movie, we do a wild card movie that is not on the list, and this is our landmark 60th episode, Ooh. which unfortunately has an asterisk next to it because... <laughs> If you are a listener of the show, you know that I uh, deleted episode 58, Bram Stoker's Dracula, by Boo-hiss. accident. Ooh,
1: uh, hiss
0: But I'm going to continue with the numbering as it stands, and then eventually, somewhere down the line, episode 58 will pop up on your feed
1: <laughs> The lost episode.
0: Yes, but uh, since this is episode 60, we're doing a wild card, and it's Amanda's choice, yes, and so we ha- she has chosen In the Earth from 2021- a Ben Wheatley movie, an English horror movie. Now, had you seen yes. this before?
1: Uh, I had not. I had read some spoiler-free stuff about it. Mm-hmm. I had watched the trailer a few times, mm-hmm. and I very much wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to force all of you to experience this with me.
0: Mm. Yeah, based on... Because um, we had talked about it a little bit. I, I can't remember if I mentioned it in the last the last episode, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it might have been included in that uh, folk horror documentary se- that came out last year. It or might be in this the year.
1: documentary itself. Yeah. It might be mentioned, but it's not in the box set. It's not in the set, yeah. yes.
0: Um, if, it, if it's not in the documentary, they should... Go add some of the footage yeah. of this into it because I think it would it would fit very well. Yes. I, I think I'm pretty sure it is. I think I remember seeing clips from this in the movie, but I honestly can't remember.
1: Yeah, it's a long movie, the uh, documentary. I mean,
0: yes. yes. If you're interested in full horror, definitely seek it out because it's a really great documentary. Yes. Which uh, I don't know the name of it, but
1: Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched.
0: There we go. That's what I'm here to see for.
1: <laughs> Names, proper nouns. Yep,
0: all the stuff that just goes in one ear and out the just other. Call
1: me. me Encyclopedia Brown
0: uh i had not even really having seen that documentary mm-hmm. uh the name did not register with me when you suggested it
1: yeah you were you were sort of confused
0: yes, <laughs> when i first yes. brought
1: it up you were like what are you talking about
0: yes and uh, i i did know that it was by uh ben wheatley mm-hmm. who is someone who i have heard a lot of great stuff about but had yes. never actually seen one of his films oh Yes. So I was excited to to get into that. Neat. Uh Listener Kyle um, is st- upset that Ben Wheatley's masterpiece, according to him, uh-huh. kill, kill List, is no longer on our main list. Oh. Uh, and so we will probably end up doing that as a wild card at some point. Especially, yeah. I didn't know anything about, ki- not that this is about Kill List, but I, <laughs> in reading stuff about this movie, mm-hmm. saw people mentioning Kill List and- Gave like a one sentence synopsis of Kill List. Yep. And now I want to watch Kill List.
1: I am kind of shocked you have not.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to watch that now. Okay.
1: I'm going to say nothing about it.
0: Yeah, that might be my next (laughs) wild card pick.
1: Sweet. Just do Ben Wheatley corner.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, So uh, I I think we're going to play the trailer for you right now, and then we will come back and we will talk about In the Earth. He told me his story. These are his memories. Can you feel him now? In the earth? No, I don't know what you mean. I think you do. So what are you working on? Searching ways of making crops more efficient. Funny
1: place to study crops in a forest.
0: We had to send a rescue party in to get a group out a couple of months ago. They got lost. Why didn't they use GPRS? There's no fun reception in there. People get a bit funny in the woods sometimes.
1: you worried she's gonna get you? Yeah, who is it? It's a local folk tale. She's the spirit of the woods. Wake up. Something's there. Listen. Someone's watching us. I saw something in the woods.
0: It wants to talk.
1: Everything seems to just keep us here. Okay.
0: In the Earth from 2021. This has a Uh, it's not on our list, as I said, but it has a 79% Rotten Tomatoes score and Mm -hmm. has a 24% audience score.
1: (laughs) Now that is something that's,
0: I would like to talk about because I also, when I pulled this up on IMDb, it has like a 5.2 IMDb rating. People,
1: people fucking hate this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And most of the reviews were like waste of time. Yeah. One star. Wish I had those uh, two hours back, and I was like, I don't know what they were expecting yeah. or what movie they watched.
1: I don't know if they were expecting sort of 28 Days Later but in the woods or something. I don't know. But uh, that's not what this is.
0: I mean, to be fair, it's called In the Earth. They don't even go into the earth once in this movie, so
1: <laughs> Everybody thought it was a um, Journey to the Center of the Earth yeah. remake.
0: So yeah. <laughs> false advertising as far as I'm concerned. It is directed by Ben Wheatley, written by Ben Wheatley, starring Joel Fry, Reese Shearsmith, Haley Squires, Elora Tortia, John Hollingworth, Mark Monero, and that's it. There's nobody else in this movie.
1: Yeah, that's the whole cast.
0: Uh, Amanda, what happens in in the earth? What happens in in the earth?
1: As the world searches in
0: the earth, what happens in in the earth? Yes,
1: we we understand. Are you done?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> as the a movie. God no, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you look, You made the dog mad. Mm-hmm. Um, as the world searches for a cure to a devastating virus, a scientist and a park scout venture deep into the woods. As night falls, their journey becomes a terrifying voyage through the heart of darkness as the forest comes to life around them. Hmm. Slightly misleading. Yeah, I mean, last last phrase there. That kind of slightly misleading. I think you
0: read that synopsis and you're like, oh, like Evil Dead, but it's not like that,
1: right? Or the plants are evil or something. You think you're going to watch Annihilation all over again? To
0: be fair, there is more. This (laughs) this probably skews closer to M Night Shyamalan's The Happening, but Uh, more happens in this than in The Happening, which is still one of the more baffling movies I've ever seen. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, Clay, some things you'll find in In the Earth include mm-hmm. that one guy from your college dorm with an acoustic guitar.
0: Yep. Who, uh, you know, I never had one of those. Okay. Technically, that's not true. There was.
1: <laughs> Were you that guy? No, I wasn't. Okay, good.
0: There was a a guy who went to my school who was, I don't know what his major was. I went to art mm. school. I don't know what his major <laughs> was. I never saw him in a class. The only place I ever saw him was in like the quad area outside. Mm-hmm. And he was this little, skinny, short Asian man with big sideburns who constantly wore cowboy boots. Oh. And carried like a single rose with him.
1: Oh my God. And
0: I always saw him with a guitar.
1: He sounds like he's straight out of a David Lynch movie. Yes. That's amazing. Basically, yes. I would not be able to, I would be like, all right, fine. Tell me what it is. Yeah. What's going on?
0: I was prepared to just assume that he didn't actually exist.
1: <laughs> you were hallucinating. Like after him? I
0: left, I was like, "Well, that guy, that yeah. guy probably was not like a. He was just a, a, a like a tulpa or something." <laughs> but uh, no, a friend of mine still knows him and mm-hmm. is kind of tangentially in touch. I don't know if wow. he still has the guitar and the rose, though.
1: Perfect, perfect, perfect man. Perfect story. Um, you'll also find animal question mark guts used as surgical thread?
0: Yeah, that's a fun late movie reveal cuz when yeah. they when they pull it out at the beginning, it, I thought it was like twine.
1: Yeah, you you were like real bad idea to use your like tactical paracord as
0: <laughs> yes, like sutures. Yes. Yeah. Uh but yes, it seems to be some sort of uh gut.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing it was
0: people. Probably. People gut. Especially based on that corpse that he finds his with his stomach cut open gut. later, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Um You'll also find fashionable tarp couture outfits. He did
0: a lot with what he had.
1: Yeah, I mean, very creative.
0: Yeah, he made, like, based on those pictures, those look like period accurate costumes they were wearing. Yeah. But they seem to just be tarps that he painted white and then wrapped around people with a.
1: Look, he had a really successful booth at the flea market before. Yes the apocalypse happened.
0: He could have made it with all those like head things, dresses he made for those oh, pictures. Yeah. He could have cleaned up <laughs> in the parking lot behind Showcase Cinemas in Revere. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Um, You'll also find Martin's quote, special flesh.
0: I missed that line. but That's a <laughs> yes. That's an interesting. One.
1: Olivia tells him that he has quite special flesh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, of course, quote, a lot of information to keep track of. End quote. Yes.
0: Um, weirdly about this movie. Yes, um, and I I don't know if that's that's probably too deep to into the the swing of things to start off with, but um, just generally, yeah, I really liked this movie, mm-hmm. but I do feel like it goes from uh delightfully abstract mm-hmm. to way too much techno babble. And then goes mm. back to even more abstract than it was the first like time. Almost
1: a little too abstract. Almost a little
0: too abstract. Almost, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I maybe had a slightly different experience because this movie is kind of in the vein of many other things that I enjoy. Sure. Um, I don't know if you ever read uh, Jeff Vandermeer's southern reach trilogy i have have not did you see the movie with natalie portman that alex garland directed called annihilation Oh sure yeah that was based off of that book gotcha that's very much in this vein
0: yeah i actually when it started i thought it was very similar to annihilation even down to isn't um isn't natalie portman's character somehow romantically connected to oscar isaac and that or like it's the same idea where it's like yeah he's someone from her life that she's trying to find in the
1: yeah the it's so the the, ba- the basic premise we'll start with the, the basic premise of annihilation is that there is an area that the government knows about that there some bizarre phenomena happening mm-hmm. and they keep sending in essentially sometimes they've tried military scouting teams they've gotten to the point now where they're sending in scientists sure natalie portman's husband oscar isaac is one of in the one of the military teams? She goes later to figure out what the hell happened to him in there. Right. In one of the scientific teams, so it's a little more structured. It's a little more like you've got like uh, institutional backing and mm-hmm. like structures around things. This movie's plot is there's a global pandemic happening, mm-hmm. and during this pandemic, this scientist Martin has come to he, he has he has been corresponding with another scientist. He has come to assist her in her field research. Right. It's much more contained. It's much smaller. Right. Just like a couple people who want to dig around in the dirt.
0: But uh, but we we find out later that he did have a relationship with her though, right? Yes. Because he didn't know about her, her ex husband and stuff.
1: Right. It's it, it's it's he doesn't outrightly say it, but Alma says stuff and he doesn't correct her that right. when they used to work together, they were in some kind of relationship. Right. Right. Yes.
0: Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the global pandemic. This is yeah. this was made in, uh, uh, Ben Wheatley wrote it very early on in the first COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. And then they shot it uh, very quickly, I think last year. So I think they shot it in 20, 2021 even, or maybe. I, I'm not sure when that piece of trivia I yeah. was reading was. So <laughs> let's say it was shot somewhere in 2020, early 2021. Yeah. Um, and this is our, I, this, I believe this is the first COVID movie we've watched.
1: I think so, and I, I will, before we kind of get into it, I will say I'm kind of glad we're doing it now. Yes. N- not, yeah. not to say that, like, oh, COVID's done and we're all fine. Mm-hmm. Obviously not true, but I feel like life is approximating normal enough for most yeah. people that I I feel like I can... <laughs> look at this as a time that has passed yeah, and not yeah. a thing that we're fully in the midst of anymore. Well,
0: it's funny. Like the be,
1: quarantine lockdown yeah. you haven't seen new people in you know, eight months or whatever.
0: It's funny because I, 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 I at least for me when we watched Wreck that was mm. like grossly triggering for me and it was part of one of the reasons oh. why I didn't like Wreck that much Interesting. was because we had been in the depths of watching idiots not listening to. Uh,
1: <laughs> like scientific experts yeah, and people and...
0: continuing to get sick and this thing yes. spreading and stuff. And it was just very frustrating to watch. Um, but that's a very different vibe than this. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would be curious how this would have played right in the pocket of the pandemic because. I think what's really interesting about this movie is the pandemic aspect is important, Uh but it's not essential to the story. Yeah. It's really kind of like this sort of general um, uh, framing device that kind of gives you an inroad to what's going on. Yeah. Because the stuff that this movie, at least the stuff I was pulling out of it, that it's kind of talking about, is very much stuff born from all of our experiences in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. but it's what you're actually being shown is extrapolated out to extremes. So like I, at a certain point when we were watching yeah. this, I said to you, I was like, oh, the ho- the horror of this movie mm-hmm. is the horror of sanitation. yes, because so much of it is like cleaning yourself. And-
1: yes and being afraid of infection, right Like whether it's germs infect infection in terms of like this virus or Martin's uh, extremely wounded foot. Right, like everybody right. being very concerned that it's infected or it's going to get infected or what happens when you're infected or yeah, all of this different stuff. And yeah. the
0: other side of that is, it's all about microbes and stuff that you yeah. end up breathing in and getting up into your b- nose and body and stuff and starts yes. fucking with you. And, and it's and it's not like it's not a. I didn't find it to be so much of a direct one to one that I thought it was hacky or anything. Uh,
1: right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's there's an interesting so. When the movie starts, you kind of start with Martin arriving at this nature preserve mm-hmm. uh, and getting to the lodge. And there's sort of almost this like pandemic theater that happens in front of you. Right. Where there's like a gate, even though there's no one around. There's like a gate he has to stop at. And they come out in like full. One guy comes out in like a full hazmat thing. And they literally just spray him down with disinfectant. Mm-hmm. They take a blood sample to make sure he's not sick. They, they have to do all of these steps to make sure that he's not infected with something and bringing a disease into their little community. Right. Um, and then we we kind of meet like the, the characters at the lodge and then we meet Alma and then they go out into the woods and there's this sequence when they're first out in the woods together where he is really struggling. Mm-hmm. Like he's very out of shape. Yep. He's having a real hard time. He, he's, you know, he's carrying a big backpack, but he's not like, so laden down that he should be as exhausted as he is. And he right. starts like coughing. Right. And he sneezes a few times and you see Alma's face kind of get more and more like, oh, god damn it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. god
1: damn it. And like it's this great thing because it sets you up at the very beginning that you think the virus is going to be the problem.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And then it's it's not. Yeah. He's not sick. Yeah. He just he he had been nice in isolation for four months and he hadn't exercised and he was just really out of shape right right that was it so I kind of loved that like I loved yeah. that it it sort of registered the virus and the pandemic not only just as like a plot device to create this setting it also does kind of trickle into the story as like a potential threat mm-hmm. but then it's really like you're saying it's 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 not really the point like right that the the virus that they're talking about going through cities and, and they talk about how people in the village have died and, and all of this, that ends up not being what they have to grapple with. And they seem like they're prepared to grapple with that and like nothing
0: else. Yeah. And I, I actually was a little bit confused at a certain point because I think I, so uh, the nature of this movie and, and the nature of my current state of my hearing abilities mm-hmm. uh, added on to um the accents that people like—it yeah. it wasn't it, it incomprehensible or anything, but like they no. they talk kind of low and the and, and quiet and so I yeah. didn't reg I had I couldn't parse out whether or not the pandemic had anything directly to do with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know if the reason they were doing this was to tr- hopefully find a cure or something. I don't think it is. No, it's I think not. it's just like there happens to be a pandemic happening. Yes, which I kind of really prefer yeah because you know as as we were saying like it takes all of those elements mm-hmm. that come along with the pandemic and applies them to this separate story like like you were saying like with the sanitation thing uh it uses the uh it uses it to, to to grow false um worry about this thing as the yeah and, and it also and the isolation of, of yes it too.
1: yeah, it kind of explains why a lot of the characters can might be coming off as really weird,
0: yeah. Yeah, like
1: why they're staying like when you first come across. So when Alma and Martin are first kind of on their hike, they come across a tent like an abandoned camp Mm -hmm. and Alma's not surprised. She's sad. She's kind of upset by it. And Mm -hmm. but she tells Martin, I've seen this before. People come out of the towns and the cities. They come out here to escape the virus. They get sick anyway and Mm -hmm. they don't make it. Right. And then you meet pretty soon after that, like they get attacked in the night, the first night sleeping out in the woods, 10 thieves, 10 thieves come steal their shoes. Yep. Uh, Martin injures his foot the next morning and they meet Zach. And it does kind of like in any other movie, the minute they met Zach, you'd be like, Oh shit. Creepy, yeah. crazy woodland hobo <laughs> guys. What are you doing? Run away. Right. Right. And in this movie instead, you're like, okay, we know there's this pandemic happening in the wider world. So yeah, it kind of makes sense that somebody might say, "Fuck it! I have enough skills and enough equipment. I, I'm just gonna go live in the woods. I I, I don't want to risk dying. I'm gonna wait for this to blow over." I mean, right. it's an extreme example of like how how many people do you know? And like, my husband and I were guilty of this too, of thinking like, "Well, fuck! I gotta move out of the city." Oh yeah, sure. Like, gotta sure. buy, gotta buy some land in Maine somewhere and mm-hmm. get the hell out of here. That's and, why?
0: everything is so fucking expensive now
1: exactly but like people really did do that like that was oh, sure, yeah. that was a, a a legitimate response to the threat of illness and so it it means that zach right away is like disheveled and kind of creepy mm-hmm. but it leaves you with that little bit of doubt of whether or not he's actually crazy
0: right at least at first yeah um the other thing that i thought was was pretty clever it, you know it's interesting because i i found this ultimately clever when i thought about it after the fact Mm -hmm. but as it was happening i found it a little bit jarring Mm. um which was the structure is fairly clever going off of what you're saying about zach and, and not immediately thinking he's a threat yeah they set this up as their their kind of on almost like an Apocalypse Now type mission where they're searching yeah. for this one doctor who no one has heard from in a long time. Yep. And so like that's the thing they're kind of going towards mm-hmm. and until Zach turns on them you don't even really know what this movie is about or yeah. like what the danger of this movie is. Yeah. There's uh, <clears throat> there's some talk of the uh, woodland spirit called.
1: Parnagfeg.
0: There we go. Uh, which so you're like okay some sort of either it's going to be about crazy people or they're actually going to show you a wood demon. But. Oh,
1: right, right. There's either supernatural evil or maybe a crazy cult. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and so you're kind of going into the woods with these two with a couple things that are going at going at the same time, where right. is it going to be the pandemic thing? Right. Is it going to be this monster? Is it going to be this scientist they're going to find and ends mm-hmm. up being a weird tweaker or whatever? <laughs> and then you end up running into Zach who... Like yeah, on in any other movie, you're immediately like that guy is clearly bad. Yeah, but it doesn't play that way immediately, but then eventually it does. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But then it's it the thing that was kind of jarring to me is that after the whole sequence with Zach, uh huh, um, then you get to the sequence with. The hell's a scientist's name olivia, olivia wendell 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 with uh with olivia wendell and then it kind of turns into a different movie f- yeah for a bit yeah and i found it really jarring because it um i just wasn't expecting that kind of turn and it made it feel like they kind of ran out of story and so mm. they constructed this other half but i think they
1: interesting i think
0: they ended up blending it together pretty well
1: yeah i i so i think it's almost giving you a chance to see two sides of the same coin sure. yeah um because when they're with zach it's sort of like the whole time they're with him i don't know and and you you're not supposed to i don't think know how long they're actually held captive by zach
0: right could be it could be a while
1: right yeah. right it could be days it could be however long um, he took
0: a lot of pictures that he developed by himself. So Yes,
1: and he had to dress them and undress them in their tarp tour. Right. So lugging bodies around, that sounds exhausting.
0: That, I was thinking that, actually. I was like, <laughs> Jesus, the amount of time it would take yeah for him to do this,
1: yeah, like Alma is a pretty petite woman, but like Martin's a tall guy, yeah, he's, he's skinny, but he's tall, yeah, um, and Zach's alone and he's been living in the woods. I can't imagine that his diet has been super great, that yeah, he's in before. like the best shape of his life, but mm-hmm. maybe he is maybe Parnagfeg provides <laughs> um, but the whole time there with Zach. It's sort of like so he he's drugging them to keep them mostly or if not completely unconscious so he can stage them mm-hmm. in the ways he wants and he's sewing he's cutting into Martin and sewing runes into his skin right. using the questionable animal gut mm. string um, and the whole but the whole time we see them we don't often actually see them. There's a couple's like there's a little like montage where we see them in the tarp outfits like mm. outside. But other than that, it's like a very claustrophobic sequence. Oh, like yeah. they're inside yeah. the 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 shelter structure which is just like tents made out of tarps essentially. Like it's it's very like they're never fully out in the open. They're always tied up. They're covered in like just covered in tarps themselves mm. like pinned to the ground mm-hmm. pretty much. Um and it's always like rainy and kind of gray and dreary. Yeah, that uh,
0: that alone made me think everything in this movie is going to get infected because it yeah. it's a very wet, yes, period of Fetid. year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then when they're with Olivia, it's very different. Her her camp is set up in a big clearing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um It's Multiple kind of
0: tents spread out.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Very open. It's it's brighter. It's a, like a lot brighter. We see them just sort of like wandering outside a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I liked the visual, like disconnect between the two because I think it was kind of trying to get at this like these two people are trying for the same goal and approaching it from opposite sides Yeah, where Zach is going old school worship ritual mythology or theology Mm. whereas Olivia is trying to come at it with some level of like organization and structure and like scientific inquiry Yeah, but they both ultimately are doing the same thing right yeah being crazy in the woods
0: yeah after i after it was over and i thought about it i liked it a lot more um yeah but yeah just i in the moment i found it very jarring and it is uh, like a
1: weirdly like it's a disorienting movie yes
0: and very it, much so and yeah. It, yeah i think
1: it's very intentional yeah like there's lots of sequences there's it's really beautiful oh it's too. gorgeous it's in it's, shot. It's, yeah. it's like a lovely movie to just like see other than yes, yeah. other than the the gruesome parts,
0: yeah I we could talk about that in a minute,
1: yeah, but yeah, but but like there's just there's all these like like moments of quiet in the woods, there's mm-hmm. a moment where they're at Zach's camp and and it's raining, and the rain is in slow motion, and it's like very like beautiful, mm-hmm. and there's all these different sort of like sequences where they're being affected by. The, the the spores of the mushrooms and like they're seeing kind of colors and shapes and like the, there's just a lot of jarring sequences of like sounds and flashing lights mm. it's really I think really interesting all the different ways in which this movie sets out to disorient the watcher both the obvious ones like Dr. Wendell's set up with the strobe lights yep. and the loud sounds is like obviously disorienting but even the fact that like when I first started watching the movie, there are, there are really abrupt cuts Mm. and I found them really weird Mm. initially because it would just be like Martin and Alma would be having a conversation and Alma would be like, well, what's that all about? And Martin would be like, it's private. And then it would just cut to black next scene, no transition, nothing fancy to sort of smooth you into it. And at first I was kind of like, well, this was made during the pandemic. Maybe they didn't have like the time or the resources to like fix those transitions. Mm -hmm. And then I realize it's on purpose. Yeah, it's because they don't like the movie doesn't want you to know how much time has passed or like where exactly we are in the progress of this journey.
0: Yeah, even you know I think when you're talking about the the claustrophobic nature of the the, the tent setup that Zach has, even that mm-hmm. is also very disorienting because it's yeah. so many hanging tarps that move into different rooms and they're all
1: like colors yeah so there's like there's like a red reflection in the background but their faces have like a greenish tint so they're facing something else it's it's yeah yeah.
0: there's that you can't really get a good sense of how big this little shanty town is there's also you know i don't know if i would call this a disorienting choice but it was an interesting choice when they first meet zach yeah for some reason it stood out to me that the when the, when it's alma and zach talking to each other mm-hmm. they shoot them both in extreme close-up mm. which because in my head i was like i'm surprised they're not shooting this at more of a long shot because to emphasize the like the uh the social distancing aspect where yeah. it's like you've met this person in the woods you're not going to come close to them because right. of what's going on i mean she doesn't know what the fuck if he's been tested or whatever. Yeah. But they shoot it very close up that makes them feel very close together. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was an odd an odd choice. I don't think it was bad. I actually think it was really interesting. But it, yeah. it was, I found it kind of disorienting that yeah. in this setup about the situation where people are clearly sick and whatever, mm-hmm. they are visually giving you this indicator that these people are just like very close together.
1: yeah yeah i i I think i think that does add to the whole the whole like the overall like kind of you're supposed to feel uncertain all the time yeah about like literally where you stand but also figuratively where you stand with people i I also
0: wonder if it was a if it was a way to disarm zach a little bit for the viewer Mm. because if you continue to shoot him in long shot it feels more standoffish yeah a little bit more suspicious that's true But if you get right up there and get his face right in you know.
1: Right. Yeah. Then he's just like kind of an old guy with long hair. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's he's just a dude. He doesn't look. He. You know, you can't see that he's got like you know dirty hands or he's holding a hammer or something. Like he doesn't look. You can't read his posture for, and try to look for anything threatening. It's right, just his face. Right. I
0: uh, I do think um, to jump back to the to the uh, COVID analog mm. briefly. Probably my favorite <clears throat> moment of that, which felt very um relatable and on the nose mm-hmm. was after what's the guy's name <sighs> the main guy Martin Martin the nice flesh
1: <laughs> special clay special, special. Flesh
0: when martin finally escapes mm-hmm. and he makes it to the so it's nighttime he's running yes. on with a half amputated foot through oh, the, the, we got
1: we got to talk about that yeah we will
0: don't worry <laughs> through the wilderness and like your strobe lights going off yep. and he comes up to the line of of uh <clears throat> olivia's camp and she comes out with like the full hazmat suit yep the thing that i found so like triggering as far as mm. remembering pandemic stuff mm-hmm. is the very first thing he's freaking out because someone's trying to kill him yeah and she stops him so she can swab his nose Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah she essentially throws it like just sticks a giant q-tip right up in there yeah. immediately yeah it's like yeah. you
0: can't not even in this situation nope. can you come into a building without a proof of vaccination back or the something. fuck up yeah it was it was really uh it's just one of those things where it's like obviously it's I, i've never been in that situation that dire yeah but it does bring to mind how constantly this stuff was it, it, no it, it still is but not as much as it was it was constant yeah where it, it was it's, you can't do anything you got to put make sure you know put the thing up your nose i mean
1: i think we all remember like lining up outside of grocery stores to oh, sure. go in with sure. like a six foot distance in between you and the next person and being yeah. like let in one at a time and the person at the attendant at the door pumping disinfectant into your hands and yeah. being like you, we, you have to let me spray your hands. You have to let me do whatever. Like, yeah, we kind of all had to do that for so long that it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause there's a moment where early on Alma and Martin are talking about the whole pandemic thing. And Alma's like, you know, people will forget. We'll go back to normal. People yeah. will go back to the same old, same old people will forget. And Martin's like, I don't think anyone's going to forget this. Mm. And it's so interesting being like a year or two out from that level of intensity and seeing how easy it is to slip back.
0: Oh, totally. I was actually wondering, like, not even for people... uh, At first I was thinking about people who maybe were too young to really remember what happened, but I don't even Mm. think that matters. Do you think that if people will watch this movie like in, say, five years, will totally appreciate like do you think it will have the same resonance because i feel like so much of the 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 pandemic stuff is kind of subtextual in this that i don't know if it will really register that oh they made this movie during the pandemic
1: you know i, th- I think in five years people will yeah i think if you're talking more like 10 15 or more then it's gonna be then it's gonna get interesting yeah i think it's really gonna depend on like How old were you Mm -hmm. when all this was happening? Where did you live?
0: Right. Because I
1: do think that like, you know, we live outside of a major city in the United States. Knowing other people who lived in or around major cities in the US, we had... COVID protocols and lockdowns that were much more strenuous Mm -hmm. and and rigorous than people I know who lived in like the suburbs or more rural areas Mm -hmm. where there just wasn't a need like you're not dealing with the same density you weren't dealing with the big outbreaks so I think it's really going to depend because I I think if you were somebody who lived in New York City in 2020 2021 and you watch this movie 20 years from now you're probably going to go oh wow that brings back memories holy shit yeah yeah but if you were like, you know, six years old and you lived in like, you know, a rural area in Kansas or something, mm-hmm. you're just going to be like, all right, that's weird. Why are they like, you know, now, do
0: you think it's still I, I guess I would preface this by saying, do you think that this movie works generally?
1: Generally or in specific in the in the pandemic? Just stuff?
0: generally for, for the moment.
1: Yeah, generally, I think it works.
0: Do you think it still works without that? Um,
1: like, if you were one of the people who who didn't have that, yeah, kind of if, resonance? if you didn't have
0: the the direct connection to everything that that we went through and that this is sort of indirectly or directly commenting on, does it work as well for you? Does it still hold up?
1: You know, I I think it will. Mm -hmm. Because I mean look at we've had movies about contagions and and outbreaks since we've had movies essentially like it's it's a perennial fear for humanity like everyone has gotten sick at some point even if it's just a really bad cold right right. And the fear of getting sick with something worse, it re it reemerges every now and again. We learn about the bubonic plague in school. We hear about Ebola outbreaks in Africa. Mm-hmm. We get told about bird flu or you know Zika. Like these things are
0: monkeypox.
1: Monkeypox. That like... one sounds fun. <laughs> but like as 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 long as we, you know, live in close contact with the natural world, these things come up. Right. And so, even if you don't have a direct experience of it, you understand the shorthand. Like, we've seen enough zombie movies. We've seen 28 Days Later where they talk about the infected and the, you know, the, you know, that we're cut off, we're quarantined, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it might erase some of the more subtle concerns mm-hmm. around the very concept of what does it mean to be infected with something. Sure. Um, but I still think the movie would work.
0: Yeah. Um, Man, I had a follow up for that. Now it's gone. Sorry. No, it's okay. I went too
1: long. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about this movie all day.
0: Um, yeah. Damn it. Um, it's. I know it's going to come back to me in the middle of another thought. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to it. On. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, I think this is a very stressful movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, it is expertly stressful.
1: Which is strange for a movie that has some sequences that are just so beautiful. That I would yeah. put on on YouTube on a loop in yeah. the background while I worked.
0: Some pretty good screensaver stuff. Yeah, seriously.
1: But it is so anxiety inducing. Yes. Yeah.
0: And it's, Ben Wheatley knows that he's got you in yeah. these different scenes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, it has such a interesting and great use of gore, I think. Yeah. Um, And it, it, it was really kind of unexpected mm. to me and what what's so great about it is it rides that the 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 sweet spot for me in these movies of depending on your state of mind at the time which uh-huh. may actually change through the course of watching the movie it can swing from really funny yes to really horrific yes cuz there's like some shit in this where uh, for instance when he cuts his foot when you yeah. finally see that cut on his foot, right?
1: Oh, and it it's, is, it's a big It's a huge cut. On he the reacts, bottom of his foot and his skin is like hanging off of his foot. He
0: reacts in the moment when he cuts himself as yeah. though he just like stepped on a hard rock. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like he someone sliced his foot open. Right.
1: He doesn't fall down screaming.
0: Right. Yeah. But when you finally see it, it's this... Disgusting yeah, gash, gross. flappy skin, Whoa. and then Zach starts sewing it up with. Yeah. this. he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I've done this before." And starts, on myself, yeah, starts sewing <laughs> it up with at what at the time it looked like it was just like camping twine yep. or something, and it's a horrible, horrible job. Yeah, but like in the moment, you're just going like, "Oh my god!" But at this, yeah.
1: and there's a couple moments where Martin, like when he when the, the camera first shows his foot, he's like, "How is it?" Tell me how it is. What right. what is it okay? And, and Alma's like, it's fine. It's I mean, it's not that bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and like there's a, there's another kind of side to that which is deeply, darkly funny. Yeah. And I think that one that side comes out more at the end when Zach gets killed.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: When he gets the thing in the eye, yes. and then he
1: yeah. <laughs> pulls up the mirror. Alma uses a, a tent a tent stake. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she rips out of the ground. And when he's attacking her and stabs him right in the eye. Yeah. And it's a funny callback to when he has Alma and Martin hostage Mm -hmm. and he has sewn up Martin's foot, but also been drugging them and taking ritualistic pictures of them in their tarp couture. Um, He looks at the foot at, at Martin's foot and says, Oh, this is infected. Um, you know you've got two choices i can either take you to a hospital uh but i think that'll take too long so i'm gonna have to amputate Mm -hmm. and he's like and then there's this whole oh my god there's this whole back and forth where martin's like no no it's fine thank you thank you very much i really you know i like it the way it is it's Mm -hmm. good the way it is Mm -hmm. it hurts but i'm fine it's good and like the whole axe swinging yep thing Mm -hmm. But then, when 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 Zach gets stabbed in the eye, he looks in the mirror, and the first thing he says is, "You have to take me to a hospital." Yeah,
0: well, and it's he says it in such like a, a dryly comic way where he's yes. freaking out, and then he looks at the mirror and he goes, "Well, that isn't going to do. You need to take me to the yes. hospital." And then she, you know, pushes it through the back of his head. But Whoa. but like, so good. there's there's so much of it that reads both ways. Like the, the, you mentioned yeah. the 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 amputation scene, yeah, which is so it's like textbook tension and stress building
1: yes it actually
0: it does something really great that i don't think movies do enough that uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh tom savini talked about mm. where he thinks of um prosthetic special effects kind of like magic tricks to a certain point. Mm. and so he was talking about one of the things you have to do if you have a character who's got a uh a bladed weapon who's going to cut someone's arm off or something yeah you need to show how actually devastating that thing is so the trick is he swings it the first time and he misses but the thing goes into a tree and you see how deep it sticks Uh, into the tree so now you know oh that's a real thing yeah so then when he hits him even though it's a fake effect you already have that in your mind that that's a real weapon
1: right it's like primed you for that moment
0: yeah and so they do that in this where he keeps swinging the axe and hitting the the stump
1: swings yeah
0: like just inches from the foot so you're seeing the thing just go deep into the stump yeah and then he finally he finally gets the he, he hits the toes and it's it's Ugh. it's just uh, that stuff. It was the first time I've seen a scene like that where I it legitimately worked on me. Yeah, like I feel like they took the time to make that gore gag yes. work. Yes. where I feel like a regu- uh, most other movies would just lean on the fact that oh he's getting his toes cut off isn't right it, isn't that gross right isn't that yeah intense? it know? would be
1: more about the sort of screaming aftermath <clears throat> yeah. than the lead up in yeah. a weird way and and I think the fact that the movie d- you know despite Martin having sliced his foot open before then the movie up until that point and you're probably about half almost halfway through the movie at that point mm-hmm. um it's been tense. But it's been almost, like, n- nightmarish in the sense of, like, having a nightmare.
0: Yes. You know, yeah, like, dream, sure. dreamlike
1: yep. and mm-hmm. sort of disconnected and disjointed and, like, weirdly beautiful at times and weirdly calm. Or, like, you see the scenes of Zach drugging them forcibly, but it's it's the soundtrack sort of takes precedence. You don't hear them struggling. It's sort of in, like like a light Mm slow-mo this is kind of the first time in a while with the characters that you feel really present again in the moment and they really lean on that in the momentness of it like even having like Zach's just talking really matter-of-factly like he has to do this favor for Martin right right and Martin is like also very very upset but trying to seem like he's still reasonable like he's being extremely British about it yeah yeah. Where he just keeps being like, "No, no, thank you. No, that's that's quite all right. I and really appreciate it, but thank you, no."
0: It's also a situation too where like you if if you are that person who has no medical training. Yeah. If you are Martin who has no medical training. Yeah. You have no idea whether or not what he's saying is true.
1: And I don't think it is.
0: No, I, I'm sure it's not.
1: I don't. But, I don't think like amputating a couple toes. If the fo- if the cut underneath his foot is infected, I don't think amputating a couple toes is going to do shit.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. It, and you know, your husband Greg mentioned it uh, as we were watching it, but it it reminded him and me of this this moment where our our friend Dave, who'd been on the the Star Wars show, uh, <laughs> we were out with Dave celebrating finding oh, out God. he was having his second child. Yes. And he just randomly passed out. Yeah. And he fell and kind of, you know, there was maybe like 10 of us. He fell basically in between all of us and just kind of hit the ground hard. (laughs) And everybody just kind of froze. First, because we thought it was a joke at first, but he went (laughs) down pretty hard. Yeah. Um, But nobody knew what to do. And then someone came over yeah. and kind of pushed his way in and started taking control of the situation. And everybody there to a person just assumed this person knew what was he was doing. Yes, We later found out he absolutely did not. Yeah. Isn't
1: he just like a crazy person? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We
0: we ended up talking to Dave Didn't later. You, like
1: slip him a business card or some shit.
0: Yeah, we were like, man. So was that guy like a, an off-duty EMT or something? And Dave was just like, no, that guy was so weird. He was he sold <laughs> cell phones and oh he put his card into my pocket yeah. while I was lying on the ground, having hit my head after <laughs> oh I fell. My God. And we were just like, oh wow, like we just yeah. assi- like cause, so when you when you're in that situation, as long as someone takes a step forward and starts like talking assertively, right? You don't know if they're whether or not what they're saying is true or right. ac- scientifically accurate.
1: Yeah. Oh god. Um, he, look, it could have been so much worse. He could have cut a bunch of Dave's toes off. That's
0: true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you all
1: would have let him. <laughs> I guess he Clearly. needs it.
0: <laughs> we would have sharpened the knife for him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I there there is something that keeps happening. Like so so obviously both Martin and Alma go through a lot physically in this movie. Mm-hmm. Martin especially in terms of he he gets his foot injured, he gets a bunch of his toes cut off. Um he then has to, when when they finally get to Dr. Wendell's camp, she is like, let me take a look at your foot. Well, we're going to have to cauterize that. Mm. But the whole time, like, all of this stuff is happening. Like, when when Martin first gets his foot sewn up by Zach, when he gets it cauterized later by Dr. Wendell, people keep making Alma, like, an accessory to torturing right, Martin. Right, right. Which I do think plays into this whole scenario in an interesting way the more I think about it. Mm. Because she's sent with him to guide him. She's sent with him to bring him safely to the camp. Because people get lost in this woods all the time. So her job, she's a a park ranger. And her job, her assignment is to take care of him, kind of. Mm. And early on, when he's, like, really struggling and seems like he may even be sick, she's kind of, like, leery of him, if not even a little annoyed.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And then later on, like, she's the one who gets them out of Zack's clutches. Right. Like, it, it, it is a team effort. He notices, Martin notices the blade that's fallen off of one of the tables. He tells Alma about it, and she's then able to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, she... she when she, when they do escape from Zach, Zach starts chasing after her. Right. And Martin kind of just like, lets it happen for a while. Mm -hmm. And then finally kind of yells, Hey, over here and like tries to, tries to draw him away. But it does. I, I do think that like throughout this movie, it was surprising to me initially that Alma was so loyal to Martin, a man she did not know who kind of was the whole reason she was in this predicament in the first place. Sure. Yeah. And I realize later on that part of it might be that, A, she feels a, prof- a sense of professional responsibility, but also, B, like, she has witnessed him suffer so much, and she has kind of aided and abetted some of that suffering. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there isn't, like, a little bit of, like, something in all of this about, like, actually having to take care of one another in, in times of distress. Because mm-hmm. that is the only way they make it out of any right. of the problems well, they're in
0: well it's 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 interesting too with that in mind to to talk about what happens at the very end because yeah. uh, i my understanding and mm-hmm. I, I would like to back up a bit um but i think this is this makes sense to what we're talking about currently yeah um is that she becomes the avatar for the tree spirits or whatever
1: Parnag feg, you mean? Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it until you get it right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we're supposed to know.
0: Yeah. Well, um, but I, the reason I brought it up is because it, she is the one who she's a park ranger. Yep. And she is someone who is her role essentially through the story is a protector and caregiver. Yep. And it is she is the one who actually cares about the people and the earth, essentially. Yeah. And so like her being the one who ends up chosen, chosen, uh, to, to, to be the, to lead them out of the for the wilderness, literally. Yeah. Um, makes sense in that way. I think,
1: I think so too. Um, especially there's, there's a moment, there's part of the time when they're with Zach and then also part of the time when they're with Olivia, that it gets really talky.
0: Yes, I did. That was what I wanted to talk about next. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, we, we can get into that because I'm kind of in it anyway. <laughs> um, but there are some interesting things that come up in those conversations. Like I, th- those conversations are even like monologues, kind of.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of stuff.
1: It's a, it's a lot of information to yes, keep track of. It is. <laughs> um, but there's something Zach says when he ta- when he's talking to Alma when he says to her, like, this is why, like, what are you doing here to her? And he mm-hmm. keeps, he kind of says it a couple times, like, more emph- emphatically. And then she's like, my job. Right. And he was like, so you came out here to take care of the forest. Like, he, he kind of, he addresses that almost directly. That, yeah. like, she came here for a reason because she wanted to be closer to nature. hmm and I, th- I yeah i think that is a really interesting read of it that that drive in her makes her more well suited to being like i don't know chosen by this power
0: yeah it it is i think the the power i so getting into into that that middle section where they may, yeah. he, they make it to the camp um it kind of made my eyes gloss gloss over a little bit because yeah. It was so much information, mm-hmm. so much technical information mm-hmm. that I didn't, it wasn't really landing with me. I mean, you pull out a magic book, I'm with you the whole way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <But like, laughs> that was probably one of the smartest things Olivia did to keep Clay's interest. Yes. She whipped out the ancient magic book. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, but I do appreciate that the magic book sequence is part and parcel to a scientific explanation sequence yes which is kind of funny because it is sort of like the first indicator that she and zach are working together Uh well why does she have the magic book
1: right why didn't he take the magic book with him yeah i mean since he's out there posing people in arcane positions
0: right they're presenting these two disparate elements as working together you can probably extrapolate that out to the characters who represent these things um but yeah, I was, what what was your read first of all? Yes. Can you explain to me what the hell they were talking about?
1: <laughs> what what Dr. Wendell is, is yes. talking
0: about? Like because they they get so deep into the weeds of what she's trying to do. It's funny that you use that phrase "deep into the weeds." When she's out there playing her synthesizers, <laughs> that was amazing. Forest. I love it. Um, but like, I wasn't totally. It just wasn't. Yeah, clicking with me what exactly what they were trying to do.
1: So. She was researching a real thing called a mycorrhizal mat or micro 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 mycorrhizal network. Okay, it's essentially like a fungal network because you know, like fun, fungus is is like a lot a lot of like people will say it almost kind of resembles a brain. Mm, yeah. Um, so th- it can kind of process stimuli from different parts of other fungus nearby and mm-hmm. other, other plant life nearby. And so these networks built all, build out almost like neural networks mm-hmm. where they are all kind of in, in touch and almost talking to each other is not the right word, but you, you get what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Um, so she was researching this particular fungal network that she believed was sentient. Mm. And that it might stretch even further than they thought. And it might have needs and desires and fears. Like it might be essentially the earth trying... A piece of the earth, a a piece of nature trying to protect itself, protect its environment. It's... I think she even kind of goes into this. Like it's worried about the same things any animal or person would worry about. It's worried about food and shelter and sustaining itself. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the thing that she's researching is, is this like series of interconnected plant life and fungus. That's where the sort of the ringworm thing comes from. Sure. Because ringworm (laughs) is a fungal infection. Mm -hmm. So I think the implication with that was that this, this mat, this mycorrhizal mat does reach further than they realized. And it infected it's like chosen people mm. to infect to bring in for its purposes.
0: Okay. Okay. And we helpful at all? <laughs> yes. Where does that cross over with the uh the more magic book element in uh par par,
1: Parnog feg.
0: Parnog feg.
1: She thinks essentially
0: director of the movie Bridesmaids. <laughs>
1: I thought you were going to say of um, Sensor. Oh, no.
0: Prano Bailey Bond. Yeah, it's a right? pretty good Come one. Right? Come
1: on. Yeah. Um, so I, I think she is saying that this mycorrhizal network is what Zach calls Gotcha. That's where the legend has come from. These these visions people have been given have been given by the spore clouds Mm -hmm. that are being generated up from it that this thing is essentially its own creature with its own intent. And that's where the legends and, and the sort of like folklore and like pseudo religious texts have all come up from a pre scientific attempt to understand. This scientific phenomenon. Mm,
0: yes, yeah, and what I really liked about that stuff is that I feel like when you do these kinds of th- things in a modern setting, mm-hmm. there's always this um, tendency or de- or or desire to discount one of the options as being wrong. Yeah. So it's like Which either, one was it really? Right. It's yeah. either like you you get into things and it's like, wait a minute, science, science doesn't apply to this at all. It's all magic. Or yeah. the other way where it's like, <laughs> that, the magic book has been fake the whole time. It's actually right. a, a scientific phenomenon. Very rarely, I feel, do they find a way to blend the two together in a way that is satisfying. Yeah. And I think this movie does a really good job of that.
1: I do too, because it, it, it's... The thing about Wendell's research is based on a real thing mm-hmm. like the, these networks really exist like scientists really study them they really have been proven like you know this fungus can kind of sense what's going on over here with these other plants and when these plants have been damaged and like what to do, like how to compensate for different things in mm-hmm. the environment like that's all real so it's really interesting Tell each
0: other when there's a cop. Speed trap setup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's
1: essentially like fungus. The fungus Waze. version of ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so I think it's really interesting to take that real and fascinating and kind of still vaguely mysterious mm. phenomenon. Like, like that's a that's a real thing, and then sort of, s- kind of extrapolate back. Like, what would people have thought about this if they had discovered some sort of evidence of it? But it was like. I don't know the year 500 right yeah. like how would people back then have processed this it absolutely would have been folklore and spirits yep and and turned into this legend
0: well they dropped that line it's an Arthur C Clark line they mm. paraphrase it I don't know if it's Clark it's one of those guys where they say uh for an undeveloped culture any advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic yeah you know so yeah um
1: yeah, the roadside picnic, if you will. Uh,
0: but yeah, what I what I really like about it is that it is um, while what she's doing is okay, so basically, I love. I'm I'm a huge fan of science.
1: <laughs> good, good, Let me great, great, great. Put great. that out there, and Big fan. so you don't believe in.
0: Um oh, name it uh <laughs> vaccines uh the the round of earth
1: The round of
0: earth <laughs> The round of, you know I'm not going to use scientific terms Amanda cuz I don't believe in those
1: Got things. it got it got it okay Um Clay's new podcast the round of earth
0: <laughs> It's a it's a flat circle It's not a globe it's just it's, it's still like time. round Um <laughs> but no, I. But one of the things that always bums me out mm. is when, and I, I feel like there's two kinds of people. Um, there's people who are bummed out by this, and there are people who really like this. And, mm. and it's when you f- find out scientific explanations for things that are more supernatural. Or got it. So, for instance, like uh, I will admit this one's pretty cool, but it still bummed me out a little bit. Um, I was watching a show about like haunted houses or something and they were, mm-hmm. they were talking about how this one specific it's an old house one specific place in this building every time you walk through there
1: mm-hmm. you get
0: this really overcome with this feeling of dread and people are like oh it's clearly ghosts oh. they actually did a study I don't know what that consisted of and realized it was actually a broken air conditioning system because the broken air conditioner was Transmitting sound at a frequency that was the same frequency as the roar of a lion.
1: I was gonna ask if it was a sound thing.
0: Yes, which is a sound that apparently is like instinctually fills you with the, with dread and fear.
1: Sure, yeah, and
0: and it's like that on the one hand is super cool, yeah. But on the other hand, uh, I mean, like, I would have preferred a ghost right? personally, <laughs> or like uh, you know, they, they they I've heard the people talk about. Um, a lot of ghost sightings and uh, ghost stories uh-huh. became popular in the 1800s, around the time where they started putting natural gas into these houses oh. for lamps and stuff. And so there was a theory that a lot of spectral sightings was due to leaky gas pipes. Yeah. Uh, maybe people were breathing in a little bit too much natural gas sure. in their old creaky Victorian mansions. <laughs> So you know, it's like which is which is kind of cool, but at the same time, it's like would I prefer to know that to not know if Bigfoot is out there, uh-huh. than to know that Bigfoot is something that is kind of less cool?
1: Right, right.
0: I, I would. I would prefer yeah. to to assume that the Loch Ness monster exists instead of finding out that it's just like a, a, a big catfish that got stuck on a log. once. <laughs> right, right.
1: Know? A weird sea snake that they got a picture of a weird angle. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so what I like about this is they. They don't take those things off the board. Because, right, they don't
1: make you choose. Right, because yeah. they
0: make the natural phenomenon inexplainable within the bounds of science. Yes. And don't, enti- which doesn't completely discount it as being something supernatural.
1: Right, because just, just because we know that this, in a, we know in a very basic way that, okay, this thing exists and we're calling it by this scientific name, mm-hmm doesn't mean that we understand everything about it right and it doesn't mean that it couldn't be more than what we are aware it is thus far like it i like that too i really like that kind of stuff that it leaves it like open to not it just being like well yeah it's like everybody just breathed in this weird gas and they hallucinated and it's all over right
0: (laughs) yeah i mean when the gas thing happens like this cloud of fungal spores surrounds their camp yep and um Olivia. Nope, the other one. Alma. Alma, God, these, there's four people in this movie. Yep. I can't remember their freaking names. <laughs> when she wa- tries to, yeah, she leave. puts on the
1: hazmat suit and the and the and the face mask and everything that's supposed to filter out particles, but the particles are too small. Yeah, and so she has.
0: And she she tries to walk through this cloud of spores, and this cloud of spores basically stops her from leaving. Yeah, which they kind of have an explanation for, but also kind of don't. And especially when she ends up at the end possibly being the avatar for whatever this thing is. Right. Now it seems like it was something that was it just hyper potent spores or was it something that was actually keeping her there because it had a plan for her.
1: Right. So at the very end you're sort of left with the question of has something infected Alma Mm -hmm. or is Martin still hallucinating. From breathing in the spores himself. Sure. Yeah. So, like, you could go either way, and I, I think, I think you can argue either one, and and they'd be equally valid.
0: Yeah. 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 I think so. Was there uh, anything you wanted to talk? Else, we wanted to hit before we round out. Um, you know, like the round of the earth.
1: <laughs> not. I mean, I, I honestly, I could talk about this forever. Mm-hmm. I could talk about like other, like fiction and and novels and podcasts and what have you that sort of vaguely touch on on this i don't know if you ever listened to tannis i did yeah There's a lot of overlap did i like that
0: i don't remember if i liked that
1: i liked it a lot when i listened to it but i, I, li- I listened to it
0: legitimately
1: like six years ago
0: yeah so. i think i listened to that one that's kind of like a limetown type show right yes i think i listened to that around the same time as limetown and i think yeah. i liked tannis more than
1: limetown. yeah because T- Tannis was interesting in that it brought in a bunch of sort of, like, um, like online conspiracy mm-hmm. theories and, like, like internet internet fascinations. Mm-hmm. It brought in a lot of that stuff with a lot of, like, other sort of, like, modern urban legends and folklore. Mm-hmm. And sort of built up around this, like, area in the Pacific Northwest in the woods that very much resembles this woods in this movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah. If you liked this movie, I'd say you know, go listen to Tannis. You might yeah. enjoy that. But like, I I'm I'm a big fan of this kind of subgenre of like folk horror. Yeah. or oh, it's I, like,
0: I, yeah, I love this stuff.
1: Creepy nature shit and could be science, but probably not.
0: Yeah. And I and I think this is one of the more successful modern takes on folk horror that I've seen because yeah. usually I feel like they end up falling back into well, it's you know, it's a monster.
1: Right, or it's a cult, and they're crazy, and they're just doing crazy cult stuff.
0: Yeah, is it a monster, or is it just the cult? It's like, well, those are your options. That's kind of the same thing. Yeah, and- and Whereas this is- gives you a little bit more ambiguity a much broader spectrum of things that could be going on
1: right and it does draw on actual like folklore and folk religions from the area that it's shot in Mm -hmm. like runes and standing stones are all real things you will find all over the uk Mm -hmm. and parts of europe like so it's interesting watching these two things that exist in our real world the scientific research and, and the kind of ancient religious rites kind of woven together into this. I really liked it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, one of the uh, pieces of trivia that I found on IMDb, mm. so I'm going to assume this is real. It says, uh, the research station is called ATU 327A. This is derived from the Arn Thompson Uther Index, the ATU Index, huh. a catalog of folktale types used in folklore. Yeah. Index number ATU 327A is called, quote, The Children and the Witch, which is the story of Hansel and Gretel which is which what is what the story of Hansel and Gretel is classified as. The ATU listing reads, The parents abandoned their children in the wood, the gingerbread house, the boy fattened the witch thrown into the oven, the children acquire her treasure. Yep. <clears throat> Which is uh, more or less the same kind of story as this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really true.
0: They cool. don't mention feet chopping though. <laughs> Which, man, I you know, <laughs> it's so difficult to get that tone right. And like <laughs> this was, that foot chopping scene Yes. could have been a scene from Peacemaker.
1: Yeah, I think like, I, I jokingly referred to it as like a uh, flight of the Concords meets Saw.
0: Yeah, there's <laughs> like there actually there is a scene if I remember correctly there is a scene very similar to that in Peacemaker.
1: Oh yeah, with, doesn't it? Uh, um, Adrian yeah, he gets getting
0: shot in the foot or something. Vigilante
1: gets his toes cut off. Yes, when the alien, yeah, 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 they're in like the, they're in the cave in the basement. It's yeah.
0: a very similar vibe. Yes, or very similar. It's a little
1: d- less jokey. Like I think yeah. it's, it's played in in in. Um, In the earth, it's a little less for laughs. It's a little more tense Mm. because none of these people are like superhuman.
0: Right. Like they're all just people. But yeah. But the line is so thin. Yes. Like you can go and he just walks right down the middle of it where one day you watch that scene, you think it's horrifying. Another day you think it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. Yes. Um, Would you recommend this to people?
1: I would. I, I think if you like sort of any of the stuff we've been talking about Mm -hmm. like if you like folk horror stuff if you like that sort of line between like the the sort of hallucinatory moments um if you watched like mandy or color out of space Mm -hmm. or or annihilation and you liked any of those you will like this a lot um i think it's a movie you have to go into ready to like kind of let it meander and play out i think if you're looking for something really plot driven and really like you know it it sets down the the stakes and it sets down the rules and it just stays on those rails the whole time and and it plows through then this is not the movie for you no definitely not if you appreciate the atmosphere of stuff this is a good one
0: yeah i think the other thing that's interesting about this too is i've seen a few this is very close to that style of modern Indie horror, yeah. Where it's like ultimately more people talking quietly than it is anything else, yeah. And I think this manages to avoid falling into the traps of that because Ben Wheatley is such a unbelievable visual stylist, yes. And his cinematographer, whose name I didn't look up because I'm an asshole, um, (laughs) like it has so many interesting concepts behind it that he has the ability to. Um, illustrate. Yeah, that I think a lot of those other movies don't have. Like it reminded me of a. There's a movie I watched recently called Hellbender.
1: Oh, I've heard of that, but I haven't seen it. Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting. It's about this this woman and her daughter, and who live out isolated in the woods. Hmm. And essentially, um, they come from a long line of witches. Ooh, I, think. I don't know if that's a spoiler. It probably is. <laughs> Apologies. Um, and but it's and so there's there's some cool witchy weird stuff. Yeah. But it's a lot of kind of hanging out and talking. Yeah. And y- you kind of have to uh, s- for some people that works for me it's like I I it I think it works to a point and then you kind of have to get sure. on with it. Yeah. And I feel like this movie thankfully gets on with it.
1: Right. There are moments where it can get a little draggy. Yeah. But it it pretty quickly moves you out of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like once you get to the final 15 minutes or so of this oh, movie, yeah. it's just fucking nuts it's just
1: tentpole stakes in the eye all the right, time
0: right and the lights are going crazy and yep. there's smoke everywhere everybody's hallucinating
1: it's crazy like a shit Pink
0: Floyd concert with <laughs> loose toes <laughs> with flying loose all over the place
1: toes.
0: <laughs> uh so yeah I I don't think I would in I don't think I would recommend this to any everybody
1: oh of course yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I would recommend it to Werner Herzog <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um and I think uh there's a f- yeah. I could I would recommend this to a few people. Do you think it yeah. but do you think it would belong on our list?
1: <sighs> That's a difficult proposition. You know, I I actually kind of think it does. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of shocked the the amount of hate this movie gets.
0: I I am I would so I used to go by IMDb a lot. Yeah. J- especially when it came to horror movies because usually yeah. if it was like a a 5 you know it's pretty bad. Right. But I feel like it's, something's changed because... It's
1: really interesting because Greg kind of had the same, like he, you know, he watched it, along with us last night and and at the end he was like that was a lot better than i was expecting i'm not gonna lie i looked it up ahead of time and it had like a five on imdb and i was ready for this to be
0: five garbage it's like 5.2 yeah which is yeah it's not almost a six it's a five like uh this is a 5.2 starry eyes i think was in the fives it might be really when when sensor first came out sensor was like a five seven it's Sensor's at even six now.
1: Sensor's another one I would kinda say if you liked sensor, you might like this.
0: I would say so. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Just like in terms of pacing and 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 diff- very different topic, but similar similar tone in a lot of ways and yeah. and different visual style, but a strong visual yes. style in yes. the way that like sensor has its own way that it looks. This one does too.
0: It's funny. I was um. actually thinking about sensor as we were watching this, specifically because you can feel that this is shot on video, yeah and sensor you can really feel it's shot on film, yeah, um not that one of them looks better or worse than the other, but it's it's interesting how those things do stand out even still, yeah, um but yeah, like there's a lot of these movies that that are newer movies that i th- I have thought are have been really pretty solid, yeah. I just have really low grades, and I don't know what what the deal is I don't know what people are know. looking for i guess
1: yeah that's that's kind of my thing like if you wanted a quiet place part two, this ain't it
0: yeah i you mean know? that's I feel like, like that's i feel like a lot of horror movies that come out it's either a smash hit, oh my God,
1: best movie ever best yeah movie
0: ever, or it's like a five right, and it's like
1: yeah yeah like i i, I, I will fully i will fully say. I, I very much agree that this is not for everyone. Right. But I do think, like you were saying, it's a really good example of a modern take on a folk horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it deals with enough interesting stuff from an interesting time to make this kind of movie that it's worth, you know, I think it's worth putting on the list.
0: But Yeah. I would say... I don't know if it if it deserves to be on the list explicitly based on it's a tough one because like i yeah. i feel like part of me wants to say yes because it is such a good modern modernization of <laughs> i kind of wouldn't be surprised
1: genre. if it wasn't on the list in a couple more years
0: yeah that you know, would be interesting. like if yeah. people
1: sort of had time to sort of look back on it and go oh wait what was that one about again yeah and try it again and be like oh i get it now <laughs>
0: yeah i think there are a couple movies on the list that we're gonna hit at some point yeah that kind of are in the same wheelhouse as this mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see other ones that pop up where it's like okay this seems kind of similar to in the earth yeah why is this one on the list while the other one isn't agree um Oh, it would be remiss if we didn't mention Clint Mansell, who did the music for this. Yes. Un- I actually bought the soundtrack to <laughs> music I was tempted awesome. to.
1: I was really tempted to after. I, I, I held back because I recently got like two or three new records. Did I don't you, need more. Did but.
0: you look it up? Because it's only $13 on Amazon.
1: Well, I got to go buy something, guys. I'll talk to you next time.
0: <laughs> no, the music is fantastic. Clint Mansell yeah. is like a monster of... Uh, <laughs> of He's of the par- soundtracks. the
1: Parnag Feg soundtrack.
0: Of, kind of. Of soundtracks. He's Darren Aronofsky's guy. He does yeah. like all the Aronofsky movies. He's like I'll just going through the the some of his movies here. Pi, Requiem for a Dream, Oh, The Fountain. Uh The Wrestler. Uh Moon. Oh, wow. Blood the Last Vampire. Black Swan. Oh wow! Uh, Mass Effect Three, the video game. Cool. Uh, High Rise, which is also yep. a Ben Wheatley movie. Yep. Um, he did an episode. Of, he did the soundtrack for the episode, the Black Mirror episode San Junipero.
1: Oh, I haven't is, seen that.
0: That's the the one episode from that series where I think that they actually sold the soundtrack.
1: Oh. So, people
0: went crazy over the soundtrack of that. Anyway, long story short, yeah, uh, he's he seems to be Ben Wheatley's guy too because he yeah. looks like he does all of his movies. But cool, great, great composer, um, really intense uh, musical stylings, and does a great job in this. That like yes. the, the visuals. This is it's one of those movies where the story is interesting but the visuals and the soundtrack yeah. bring it up to another level. I saw a few people um compare it to John Carpenter's um Prince of Darkness. Have you seen I that one? I have not seen that one. It's a really interesting one that hmm. maybe we'll do some somewhere down the line. But it's okay. it's a, it's another one where it's like it's it's a lot more deliberate and a lot more um some kind of headier themes going on than hmm. he usually deals with in his stuff. Cool. uh which may or may not involve the literal embodiment of the devil being held in a church under in the basement of a church it's it's cool it's interesting yeah yeah no no
1: i'm i'm intrigued i'm just shocked that this is a john carpenter movie
0: yeah it's it's probably one of his it's probably on like the the second tier Uh of movies he's known for Hmm. um so like the the general populace know your halloween's and escape from new york's but like if you if you
1: if you're watching The Serpent in the Rainbow. Yeah, if
0: you're, if you're getting into John Carpenter, like yeah. the next one that you find is usually Prince of Darkness. But, cool. Uh, and then you watch Ghost of Mars and you, you just bottom out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah. Normally I would hit the randomizer button, but uh, I, I am curious to watch another pandemic movie because Ooh. we have another one on the list yeah just to kind of compare and contrast a little bit so next week what we're going to do is we're going to watch number 34 this is 34 wow which is host
1: damn
0: yeah um
1: I feel like that one made quite a leap onto the list it's
0: been pretty high since it's been on there yeah but 34
1: that's is very high yeah
0: it's for a movie that came out last year um But that being said, I think it's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to watching again. It's really short, too. It's like 68 minutes or something. Perfect. Um, (laughs) But yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you want to help support the show, you can join our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash the Penske file. The Penske file is kind of our umbrella corporation, if you will. Brains. Um, And on there, Amanda and I, this year, we are doing the second string of Stephen King. We're covering the uh, lesser-known Stephen King adaptations, some of the ones that are not on our main list. And uh, you can also get every episode of our coverage of Friday the 13th that we did last year. Yep. Uh, But, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. And uh, thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Clay. And we will see you guys next time.
1: Bye, everyone.